Amen. Thank you so much. If you brought your Bibles this morning, please turn to Matthew chapter 24. We want to look at Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 14. And then we'll look at 1 Thessalonians 4, chapter 13 through 18. Two familiar passages while I share a sermon that I just simply entitled, God's Plan in Bible Prophecy. God's Plan in Bible Prophecy. I kind of had a dilemma going on this morning or during the week. I was thinking about preaching about uh, the rapture. I'm going to include the rapture today, preach primarily on the rapture next week. But I wanted to, us to think about Bible prophecy and then the plan that God has that we're part of. And so if you would, let's follow along Matthew chapter 24, and we'll look at verse 3 through 14. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceive you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Notice that. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, notice that, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence and to worship you and now to take your word to allow your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts as we think about Bible prophecy, as we think about the rapture, as we think about the in-between times. Thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning. We pray you have received our worship and now speak to our hearts as we uh, study your word and uh, we pray during our decision time as people would be willing to step forth as led by the Spirit and ask you to come into their life and save them. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the constant themes of the Bible is that what is this life that we're now living, what happens when this life comes to an end? What happens when the life as we know it now comes to an end? Whether the end comes through death or whether the end comes 
through the return of the Lord Jesus. Scripture is clear that soon our lives are about to undergo a change. And that knowledge ought to affect all of us and how we live. With that said, what will happen to us as believers and to the rest of the people on earth after our lives come to an end? Never thought of that. What's going to happen to us as believers? What's going to happen to the rest of those after our lives come to an end? So I want to share some thoughts about prophecy. The Bible tells us of things to come to prepare us and not to scare us. What does the Bible say about the future? What does the Bible say in regards to what God has planned for us. Many Christians get confused and worried when you start talking about the end times. So this morning I want to try to just try to simplify the subject of Bible prophecy. And first of all, if you're taking notes, you'll find what is Bible prophecy? What is Bible prophecy? Many people refuse to talk about Bible prophecy. Many refuse to teach Bible prophecy. They refuse to teach about prophecy. They, they'd rather teach about prayer and studying your Bible and special subjects such as perhaps marriage and how to raise your children. and All of those are important. Some say that there are, these are the things that we need to study and not the end time. But there's three reasons why it's important for Christians to understand the Bible or Bible prophecy. First of all, if you take a note, prophecy is a major theme of the Bible. One way to know what is important to God is to know what subjects are covered most in His Word. The point is prophecy is a major theme in the Bible. For instance, there's 1,800 references in the Bible in regards to the second coming of Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, one out of every 30 verses has to do with the return of Jesus Christ. 23 out of the 27 books in the New Testament deal with the subject of the return of Jesus Christ. For every prophecy about the first coming of the Messiah to Bethlehem, there are eight verses about the second coming of Jesus Christ. So the point is, the return of Jesus is a major theme in the Bible. So prophecy is a major theme in the Bible. Prophecy helps us to interpret and to apply the Bible. You really can't fully understand the Old Testament prophets and the parables and the teachings of Jesus and the uh, pastoral epistles without understanding prophecy. So the point is, prophecy is the framework on which we hang the rest of the Bible. Prophecy is very important. So what is biblical prophecy? Well, prophecy is the major theme of the Bible. Prophecy helps us to interpret and to apply the Bible. And third, prophecy motivates us toward godly living. 
If you really study biblical prophecy, you'll want to be closer to the Lord. You'll want to be more obedient to the Lord. And so the reason God tells us about the end times is not to satisfy our curiosity, it's not to scare us, but it's to increase our obedience to Him. If we know what's coming down the pipe, then that should cause us to be more obedient to the Lord. So the point is, if everything around us is coming to an end, shouldn't we be motivated to live godly lives? Revelation 22, 7, just jot this down. The scripture says, Jesus says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. So what is biblical prophecy? But secondly, I want us to think just a moment about a preview of God's plan. What is God's plan for the future? And I want to begin with the church age. That's the age in which we live. The first event in biblical prophecy is the church age. Now, what is the church age? Well, the church age is the period from the time of Pentecost until the rapture. The church age is from the time of Pentecost to the rapture. And it's this period of time in which the Gentiles, the non-Jews, are invited to participate in the blessings of Abraham. So there's a stretch of time from Pentecost up to our time in which the non-Jews are now invited to take part in the blessings of Abraham. You see, in Genesis chapter 12, God invited Abraham and his descendants, the Jews, to, into a covenant relationship with him. And Israel temporarily rejected that relationship when they rejected Jesus Christ. And when they rejected Jesus Christ, God expanded that invitation beyond the Jew to include anyone who would accept his offer of salvation. So we're living in a period of time from Pentecost until the rapture in which God has made available every person to be saved. Now the Jews, he hasn't forgotten about the Jews. He's going to deal with the Jews a little later on. But right now we're in this church age. That's why we believe in missions. That's why we believe in evangelism. That's why we try to share the gospel uh, we have the Great Commission. It's a period of time, just a period of time. And the rapture ends the church age. So this is the period that we're living in right now, the church age. God's not finished with the Jew. There's going to be a time that the church age ends and God finishes his plan with Israel. But until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, then God's going to turn his back, he's going to turn back toward Israel, and he'll do his dealings with them. But right now, he is concerned about Gentiles coming to salvation. Now, the question is, are we living in the church age? Sure we are. We're in the church age. And we'll be in the church age when the fullness of the Gentiles have come in. That means when the last Gentile is saved, God closes the church age with the rapture. Now, I don't know, you may be the last person of the Gentile that will be saved. You ever thought of that? 
And when you're saved, immediately the rapture will occur. Think of that. But the church age will exist until the fullness of the Gentiles have come in. The church age will end with the rapture of the church. And so what is biblical prophecy? The preview of God's plan. You have the church age, which we're in right now, and then you have the rapture. Now let's look at Matthew, well, Matthew chapter 24. We read verses 3 and following. And I want to suggest to you that due to the world events that we're seeing right now, all of these things that are quickly taking place, it appears that the second coming of Christ is closer than we think. Now, we don't want to conflict the rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Two different events. The rapture is when Christ comes in the air and raptures or catches away the church. The second coming of Christ is, is beyond the rapture and Christ comes back with the church and sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. Brings the church back with him. That's the second coming. We'll talk about that a little later. But what I want you to see in this, and God would have us to see in this, is that due to all the world events that are quickly taking place, it appears that the second coming of Christ is closer than ever before. Now, Jesus spoke of a number of signs before his second coming. He says there will be false Christ and false prophets. Matthew 24, verse, verse 11. He said there will be wars and rumors of wars. Hostility between nations. Hostility between ethnic groups. All of those will increase greatly before his coming. Nations will rise against nations. Matthew 24, 6 and 7. There'll be a famine, or there'll be famines, verse 7, Matthew 24. You see any of this going on right now? Sure we do. We see wars and rumors of wars. We see famines. We see earthquakes, volcanoes, all of this, all these things that we're seeing all over the world, not just here, but all over the world. He says that there'll be earthquakes. There was an earthquake recently, the day before yesterday. There'll be pestilences. Now, we're well aware that some plagues, diseases, have potential to wipe out the entire population. You remember those, Ebola, SARS, the swine flu, the Spanish flu, most recently, COVID, over 500,000 Americans have died, not counting all the others in the world who have died. You see all this taking place? And then he said, in sign 6, he says, there will be an increase in lawlessness, verse 12. Do you see any lawlessness today? Do you see any cities being burned? Do you see any drive-by shootings? Do you see murders rising where people, where they become cold-hearted? Do you see any of that going on? Has it gotten worse in the last year or two years? Look on the streets, look in your cities, look in neighborhoods. And the point is, when people turn from God, they turn from the authority of law and order, and they're left to nothing but lawlessness. And that's on the increase. 
we're seeing, we're seeing a growing increase of anarchy in our streets. And then he says, Matthew 24, 9, you're going to suffer persecution. As we come close to the end, as we know it, Satan understands that his judgment is about to begin, and he's going to put out an all-out attack on every Christian. You're seeing that today. The point is, if he, Satan, can stamp out those who tell others about Christ, he'll have greater power over the world. Have you noticed an increase in verbal attacks on Christians? Have you noticed an increase in physical attacks on Christians? Many believers in Syria and, and uh, Sudan, northern Africa, are fleeing from their homes, and many are being arrested and put in prison camps and in China. Many are being killed, persecuted, just for being a believer in Christ. Even in the United States, the rights to worship and to practice our religion are being threatened. Have you noticed that? This week, yesterday, matter of fact, I read a, uh, a news report that the Supreme Court ruled against California's limits on in-home religious gatherings. They can't gather in the churches, and they were gathering in their homes and then Governor Newsom filed a grievance because he felt as they had too many in the homes and wanted to limit the ones who came in the homes. The Supreme Court overturned a lower court's ruling that upheld Governor Newsom's limit on people gathering in different homes. And they, they, they upheld that, or they went against Newsom by a 5-4 vote on the Supreme Court. You might have read the same article. 5-4. 5-4. That's pretty close. Where the Supreme Court can say how many you can have in your home to worship. So these are signs that Jesus Christ said would happen before he comes again. Matthew 24, verses 3 through 8. Now here's the point. Jesus explained that the end of the age would be like a woman going into labor. Spiritual deception, wars, famines, earthquakes, all of those are just contractions. Contractions. Indicating that the church age is winding down and Christ's kingdom will arrive real soon. Now, the rapture of the church is the next event on God's prophetic timeline. I don't know if you're aware of that. We live like we're not aware of that. We worship like we're not aware of that. We attend church like we're not aware of that. But the question is, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Let me continue this birth analogy for a moment. Are we about nine months along in the pregnancy right now? Are we, are we that far along? We're pretty far along. Are we that far along? Are the signs of Christ's return, are the labor pains increasing, spiritual deception, wars and famines and earthquakes and plagues? You see any of that? 
increasing. You see, the signs that must take place before Christ's second coming have already begun. However, they're going to get worse. Jesus said that one day, prior to his second coming, church is going to be called up. All true Christians will be called up. Caught up from the earth, raptured from the earth, snatched away from the earth into the presence of the Lord. Right before that seven-year period of evil breaks throughout all the earth. Can you imagine a billion people suddenly disappearing from the earth who are believers? Just think of the rapture as an evacuation from evil that God has promised the believer. You see, the Bible speaks of last days and end times. I believe that we're living in the last days, from Pentecost to the rapture, last days. However, I do believe also that we're living in the last of the last days. The last of the last days. And so from Pentecost to the rapture, Last days, church age. However, the last days, the church age, will end with the rapture. And then the end times, the events that began after the rapture, they began to occur. We're going to deal with these next week and the following weeks. Things that are going to happen, we need, listen, we need this right now. Believe me, I believe with all of my heart. You need to know about the church age. You need to know when it ends. You need to know how it's going to end with the rapture and what takes place with the rapture. Then you need to know about the tribulation coming. If you miss the rapture, you need to know about the second coming, the millennial, the Satan's final rebellion, the great white throne judgment, and your eternal future. We need to know those things. So here's the point. You and I are not living in the end times. But I really feel that we're living in the last days of the last days. Or the last of the last days. Last days from Pentecost until the rapture includes the church age. We start seeing evidence of what's going on. You know, I was thinking about Christmas. And at Christmas... You start seeing evidence of Christmas about November. About November, you'll start seeing Christmas decorations put out in Walmart and other retail stores. You'll start seeing Christmas trees for sale, and you'll start seeing you'll start seeing live Christmas trees for sale over in the shows area and around. And you'll see decorations, cities decorate, homes start decorating early. I know some that put up their tree, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right after Thanksgiving getting ready for Christmas. I mean, early, early, even before Thanksgiving. Stores are packed full of stuff, and you have decorations, and homes are decorated, malls decorated, towns are decorated. But what has to happen before Christmas? What? 
What do we celebrate before Christmas? Thanksgiving. You gotta have Thanksgiving before Christmas. You see all the evidence of Christmas, point being. You see all the evidence of Christmas before Christmas gets here, but you see all this evidence, and that tells you what? Christmas is on its way. You see all of this evidence going on in regards to the second coming. What does that tell you? And as it surely begins to increase, that the second coming, his second coming is on the way. But what has to happen before the second coming? The rapture. The rapture. I see all the signs of his second coming, but we must have a rapture. You've got to have a rapture. Jesus said that back in John 14, 1 through 6. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be all upset. You believe God, believe me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. There's got to be a rapture. Now, you can put it, you, I don't know how you put the rapture in your theological belief. Or, uh, you can put it after the millennial. You can put it before. It don't matter. with me. There's got to be one. There has to be one. Are you ready? If you're not ready, if you're not eagerly anticipating your departure, then one of three things is wrong. Listen up. If you're really not looking forward to the rapture, you'd rather stay here. <laughs> if you're really not looking for it, one of three things is wrong. Number one, you've not quite understood or grasped the enormity of the event. Haven't really understood that rapture. If you're not looking forward. Secondly, you've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. And you're just living in the world, happy-go-lucky. Or the third reason you think that this is just a bunch of nonsense. I believe with all of my heart, we're living on the edge of the last days. And what comes next on the prophetic calendar? The rapture. And we're going to look at that in depth next week. But if we don't get to next week, if it should come, if the study, sh if the real thing should come before the study, have you asked Christ to come into your life and save you? You see the evidence of his second coming, and before his second coming comes about, there has to be a rapture. Has to be. Today, if you've never trusted Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you need to come and say, you need really to come and say, Brother Sammy, I want to be saved. I don't know all about it. Could you just tell me how to be saved? And after everybody leaves, I'll share with you. I won't embarrass you for nothing. Are you ready for the rapture? You see the signs of the second coming. If the signs of the second coming are so evident and they're increasing day after day after day, um, then we're in the last of the last days. 
if there's anything for certain, the next thing on God's calendar, prophetic calendar, is the rapture. And after the rapture, you have, <laughs> after the rapture, you have the tribulation. Getting back to that birth analogy, it's kind of like the, the woman and the water breaks. You have the rupture. Then you have the rapture. You have, you have the rapture. And at the rapture, we're caught up. And everyone without Christ is left here. But the church is caught up. So ends the church age where the Gentiles have had an opportunity to be saved. It'll continue until the Lord says, that's the last Gentile right there, until the fulfillment of the Gentiles. Let me encourage you to come today. Put your faith and trust in Christ. One day if you reject Christ and the church is called up, can you imagine, can you imagine what it would be like for a billion people to leave this earth? And that's going to happen. I was uh, listening to, uh, I believe, uh, Ed Hinman, and he was saying some things about the rapture. And Tim LaHaye, you remember him? He died, I think, last year. And, uh, and, and Hinman said, he was good friends with Tim LaHaye, and he said, Tim LaHaye said, all of a sudden you're just going to go up in the air and you're going to leave all of your clothes behind. And he said, I just asked him one day, what about your glasses? What about your glasses? Your body goes up. Everything else stays here. Your body goes up. Everything stays here. Everything else stays here. And if you're not a believer, you stay here. That's a terrible thought. And so if you're not part of the, those going up, you need to be today. Rededication of life. If you're just out in the world having no mind whatsoever about your relationship with Christ and you're a professed believer, you're living on dangerous grounds. You really are. Let me encourage you to come in rededication of your life today. And then let me encourage you to unite with our church. Get plugged in. Serve the Lord till he comes. Let me invite you to do that. As the Lord speaks to your heart, Terry's going to lead us in a hymn of invitation. I surrender all.